Wildcats to the final episode this season of Weber State Weekly's Men's Hoop Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have a panel bursting at the seams. First up on, on the panel tonight, we've got uh, our man on the ground up in Boise, Sean Lewis. Sean, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm no longer on the ground in Boise. I'm back home in Ogden in my home studio that had to be recreated after the trip to Boise. <laughs> but Sean doing all the hard work up in Boise, you know, bringing us the, uh, the those write-ups that you saw on Twitter. If you if you were following those, those all came directly from Sean. And then uh, also a couple of uh, live stream videos uh, while he was up there. So appreciate him for going up there, covering the conference, giving us uh, the, the eyes and ears of Weber State Weekly up in Boise. And then next on the show, we've got the signpost's own Simon Mortensen. Simon, what's up, dude? Oh man, it's under that near the like near the end of the semester right now. Yeah. I just feel like once you get closer to that, it's like slowly peeling off a band-aid. Like you yeah. can feel everything hurt until it just is off. And hopefully, hopefully it ends soon and we can we can get done with finals and everything soon. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I'm sure, especially with summer coming, right? Uh, it's just like, dude, bring on summer. Just want to chill, you know, maybe go do some cool stuff. Yeah, man. But uh, I, I noticed this is Simon's thing every time. Always got yeah. always to always show the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> also, after a few weeks of being out, we got our man, John King, back on the panel. What's up, John King? Oh, not much. The uh, uh, Just hanging out here on the East Coast, trying to enjoy a little bit of... Uh, uh, mid seventies weather this week. Yeah. I got a little bit closer to, uh, to your time zone this week, took a trip to Knoxville, Tennessee, which is an Eastern time zone. I didn't know the state of Tennessee was split into two time zones, but it is. And, uh, yeah, I got to hang out at the university of Tennessee. I feel bad though, because I went to this like ice cream place downtown in Knoxville and there was a kid there and he's like, I don't know. I picked Tennessee to win it all. I was like, bro, Tennessee is looking so good. Blah, blah, blah. Talk the big game. They're going to beat Michigan. What happened? What happened? Did, did not go well. But if you got to go by Neyland Stadium at all, there I, I can't remember what it's really called. And I know this isn't a big thing out west, but down south, there's the best fried catfish that I've ever had in my entire life at a restaurant right across the state, uh, right, right across the uh, um, the way from uh, uh, from Neyland Stadium. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, Neyland Stadium, home of the University of Tennessee Volunteers. It's where they play. That's uh, where they play football, and uh, apparently hey, holds, holds a hundred thousand. I, I was at a game at Neyland once. That place is a dump. <laughs> but it's their dump. <laughs> Shots fired. Looks great on the outside. The inside is total dump. And so much so that my wife did not want to use one of the ladies' restrooms because she just thought it was too creepy. She's like, no thanks. But uh, yeah, I felt bad for that kid in Knoxville when I, I talked a big game about the Vols and uh, they promptly lost to Michigan. So I actually predicted that one. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad about that. The SEC was weird this year. Uh, and then finally, Dustin Chappy Chapman. Chappy, how you been? Man, been great. As somebody who has to call on people in all time zones, there are some oddities in our country. If you call Pensacola, Florida, you are calling Central Time. Oh, that Just is be weird. aware of that. Shout out call. to the Panhandle. Alexis right, season taught me that. Yeah, you get in the Panhandle, and you're in like even places up in Michigan when you get up in the Upper Peninsula. And then you get over to the Dakotas. Some of them are on mountains. Some of them are on. There's some, there's some oddities. If you want the real oddity, though, 
you got to call up to Nova Scotia and up uh, past Maine up in Canada, because then there's another time zone called Atlantic time. And then there's even, is it Newfoundland? There's an Island where there, uh, there's a half hour time zone. And when you call the half hour time zone, it's like, huh? What? Wait, what? It's you're a half hour different than everybody else. So Strangeness. some time zone oddities on this continent, man. Well, all right, fellas, uh, like I said at the top of the show, we're going to be breaking down the men's basketball season. We're going to do a season recap with our panel here, and then uh, we've got award season for everybody. We're going to be handing out awards for some of uh, some of the, the good folks who are part of this Wildcat squad. But before we get into all that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. Um, once this show wraps up, we will continue with our coverage of softball into May and hopefully beyond. But uh, and then uh, once that's done, um, we'll move into some offseason programming. But uh, this will be it for men's basketball for the remainder of the season. Uh, if you would, once you find us on those podcast networks, rate us, give us the thumbs up, make sure that we're cool. We climb in the rankings so that people are like, hey, Weber State Weekly. Yeah, I like those guys. They like Weber State and so do I. Uh, we're also, uh, we've got a Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly. And then uh, this show is sponsored by Studio 98. If you're looking for a ring, it's not boring. It's not lame. Check out Studio 98. They're a local jeweler and uh, founded by a fellow Wildcat. He was a former football player. Uh, loves the purple and white just as much as you and I do. So check out their website at Studio 98. That's Studio N-I-N-E in the number 8.com. And uh, check out their rings. They got a lot of really cool... They, they make rings out of interesting woods. Um, one that I noticed in particular, there was one... They make it out of Jerusalem olive wood. So if you've ever been to Jerusalem, uh, there are lots of shops everywhere that make stuff out of the olive wood trees. Uh, and so they make rings out of those as well. So check it out. But my personal favorite, Flying W ring right here on my finger. It's not on the website, but I bet you if you email them, they might make it for you. So shout out to Studio 98 and uh, all the great stuff they do. Go and check them out. Go and support them. Okay, guys, let's talk about the season. Um, obviously, Wildcats not getting the perfect ending that they had hoped for, falling by three points just short of Montana State in the semifinals. I mean, I, th I, think, I think that that was really the, the conference championship would you guys agree based on what happened with between northern colorado and montana state oh yes that semifinal most definitely was the the, the real the championship game yeah that was it i mean that was close hard fought battle especially the way the wildcats played uh, against the the bobcats and the d but uh, i wanted to kind of start out kind of high level with you guys and just say i want to start on a positive note you know for you What's the highlight of this season? You know, the, the, the part where you're like, if you're going to remember the 2021-2022 season, that's the highlight of the season. Who wants to go first? I'll go first on that one because um, okay. this is the first game against SU because the second game is probably my low, my low light of the season. But the first game, um, just seeing all the, you know, SU fans right there with the signs, everything like that, about how Weaver's disgraced to Damian Lord, and them just like blowing kisses at the fans as they like, you know, win by double digit. Like it was, I loved that game. It was, it was just like one of those things where I'm like, this is Weber State right here. And you can't, you can't hate those moments. It was, it was so much fun. So that was my highlight of the season. That's when I like, I love this team. So, yep. <laughs> I mean, definitely a good one, right? Like, and, and there were a lot of good gifts that came out of that one, right? Where it's like D Dylan Jones, you like you said, Kobe McEwen had some moments that like, oh man, there were so many, there was there were a lot of good moments from that game for sure. Yep. <laughs> what about the rest of you? 
Well, I'll, I'll just say that, that, you know, I think it will always be known at this moving forward, but the Kobe McEwen game, uh, mm-hmm. the home game against Montana, Kobe McEwen goes 19 for 20 from the, from the line. I think if you were probably going to rank the best Wildcat performances of the year, I think that this would be number one. I, I remember being in the Twitter space that night with everybody talking about that game and just sitting there and being like, I, I, I watched that game that night and I was like, man, I, I think that there's something special here. I really think there's, cause this was a, it was a tough game. Um, you know, we didn't play. I, I, w- I wouldn't say that that was the best game that Weber state played throughout the whole year, but what Kobe did that night, I mean, is something that, you know, I think that a lot of Wildcat fans will remember for a very, very long time. Um, and, you know, he was uh, a truly special player, you know, that we had on the uh, on the team this year. And that was probably his shining, you know, his shining achievement here in the Wildcat uniform. Yeah, I mean, and then Kobe goes on to win um, Newcomer of the Year. So that's uh, a Wildcat now winning Newcomer of the Year twice. Isaiah Brown, IB won it last season. Now Kobe McEwen winning it this season. Um, I think, and you know, we talked a little bit about this on the show, that had the Wildcats probably beat SUU um, on the final game of the season, I think that he likely also wins MVP. Um, we've talked a little bit about this during the the week of the conference series or of the conference tournament up in Boise that Jabril Bello, nothing against him, but um, it, it felt like an award given to the best player on the best team. You know, his his candidacy for MVP maybe didn't make the most sense. Uh, the Bears, you know, ranked up, maybe, you know, came in a little bit too low to be, you know, for, for Dalen Koontz to really make that case. But had the Wildcats been the two seed, I think Kobe McEwen probably conference MVP as well. Chapter Sean, highlight of the year for you guys. For me, the, the the highlight game of the year was the game at Northern Colorado. Um, we boat raced NoCo that night. I mean, we were just better team. We hit threes. The offense looked good. It looked fluid. That was a great game. It was a great game to watch. Um, if I if I have another highlight, I would say beating beating Montana two out of three times is is definitely a a highlight yeah. you want you want three out of three with the grizz but it's always hard to win on the road in the big sky and you'll take two out of three and especially exercising that demon in the conference tournament now we weren't able to exercise the other demon <laughs> the next night but uh being able to to beat the grizz in in the big sky tournament where they were well i think one of the last seven that's a, that's absolutely a season highlight it's notable uh, Chappie took mine because he gave two answers instead of one. And I was shocked that nobody had taken the conference tournament game. You hose head. Um, uh, my, my, there. I like that. Uh, my, my highlight was definitely the uh, conference tournament uh, beat down of the Montana Grizzlies. Uh, one, because I got to be there in person. It's always good to, to see a, a win against the Grizz in person. Um, but two, um, I don't think anybody expected it, and especially coming out and and the Grizz having uh, our number. We were one and seven against them in in conference tournament play uh, over the past eight games, uh, and just always seemed to be the the kryptonite, especially under uh, Coach Takure. Um, and uh, you know, I, I that was just fun, and then sitting in the press room afterwards, uh, listening to Coach Takure, you know, 
doing his best to not give Weber state any credit whatsoever for that game. Um, and, and, uh, uh, just, you know, it was it was a young team. They had injuries. It was everything in the Anderson, book. It, blah blah blah. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything except we got boat raced by a better team tonight. Um, and and that's what uh, uh, that was definitely a highlight for me. Was uh, Travis to cure tears. Yeah, guys, I think for me, the the highlight of this year, you know, you guys have a lot of good ones here. I mean, Sean, absolutely. The, the game, you know, beating the Grizz in the conference tournament huge game especially you know the opportunity to play against montana state i fully believe that had the wildcats been on the other side of the bracket they would have found their way to the conference championship and played a tough montana state team who unfortunately got absolutely leveled by a a phenomenal you know texas tech team in the tournament but um i think for me the maybe you know a moment that hasn't been mentioned here is that second half against northern colorado and Greeley. that was just dynamite man what they did to the bears in on their home floor just shut them down just went on that huge scoring run and just absolutely put that game out of reach um hats off to them because because the bears were good obviously they played in the conference tournament i think that's largely a function of which side of the bracket they ended up on had they ended up on our side of the bracket i don't think that they get there but uh but yeah i think that that's also a a highlight moment for the wildcats and also we haven't even mentioned the fact that they started the season eight no nobody mentioned that either so One more, one more highlight. Go ahead. High level highlight, ESPN Plus. That is, was absolutely made the season enjoyable. Say it again and again and again. Felt like actual TV production with actual cameras. I cannot say enough good about how much, how big of an addition and how nice of an addition ESPN Plus is to the conference. And that relationship with ESPN is just going to grow. Um, they announced that at the conference tournament uh, that the the finals will, will now be on ESPN two moving forward with the switch to the Saturday Wednesday uh, schedule. And don't be shocked if uh, semifinals also appear on linear ESPN uh, moving forward. Yeah, man. Um, like like Sean noted, uh, conference will be changing the way that they do the conference tournament, starting on different days. We'll be now with SUU fully leaving the conference. Um, you know, this is it for them. Uh, now a 10-team league. And so that changes the way that the bracket gets put together. Um, and so all of that is on their their news um, tab on the website if you want to check out and see how it works now. But yeah, I, I agree. The ESPN Plus has been really, really good this year. It's just been nice to see Big Sky Athletics in general alongside of lots of other good conferences. You know, especially, you know, we... We got familiar with this in the FCS spring season. I don't know about you guys, but I bought ESPN Plus in the spring season last year because I wanted to watch the Valley teams and see what was up with them. And then they announced in the in the summer that well, you know, that the conference would be going there and ESPN Plus was great for football, but it it really felt like the conference was pushing the schools to put together honest to goodness broadcasts. So much so that, you know, the Wildcats moved off of, you know, no dig to our man, Steve Klauke, uh, but he's a radio guy. And so they, they put him on the radio and they went and got Joe Cravens and Tony Parks, who were so good that they said, let's do these guys for the whole thing. And so yes. they were the ones that covered the entire conference tournament uh, on ESPN+. And I think they did a great job. Tony does an excellent job. Coach Cravens always got a good turn of phrase, right? Like they're, they're a good team. And I thought they were phenomenal. And, well, and, and also... And, 
and also no disrespect to you know to to Pluto, but um, uh, but also a little bit of disrespect to Pluto. <laughs> um, the, the, I felt like the server space on on Pluto TV was always horrible. I mean, you know, I I always had some sort of you know connectivity or buffering or some sort of issue along that front and i'm like okay well i know that's not my internet you know because my internet doesn't have an issue with literally anything else other than trying to watch the wildcats on pluto tv so just an increase in server space i was like just i was just thankful for that because you know as someone who doesn't get to go to any games live um you know just being able to consistently watch the games without it cutting away for something you know, uh, um, to, from something for something else was, that was a, that was a big deal to me. It's something that we, at least I didn't get when it went, when using Pluto TV and just ESPN plus was such a good choice. Like, Oh, what a, oh, and, 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 this and, and, is, and even this is a whole nother podcast, John, this is a whole nother <laughs> podcast about how much better everything is, but let's just talk about the greatest thing that ESPN plus brought to conference. Idaho state actually had a score yes. bug on the screen yes. as you're watching a game. And that's really what the difference is. And this is where the conference needs to go. And I know this isn't our topic for tonight, but the conference really needs to figure out how to get these bottom level teams to rise them um, up and and get, have you know rising tides lift all boats right um espn plus was the start the the consistency and broadcast um the conference as a whole i think you're going to find that the 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 tv radio model that uh, weaver has pioneered and and other schools have done that's going to be a requirement across the league if not next year the year after um and and it's getting these other schools to buy in to say Hey, we've got to improve everybody in order for us to be able to win in the uh, NCAA tournament, and and that's the goal for for the conference. We've got to get NCAA tournament wins, no matter whether it's Weber, Montana, Montana State, whoever it is. They can't keep showing up to the NCAA tournament and getting boat raced by a Power Five team, and that's what's happened the last fifteen years. And and as a conference, not just Weber State, not just Portland State, not not just uh, whoever, as a conference, the athletic directors and the presidents need to all commit together to put some resources into basketball because that pays dividends when you win a game in the NCAA tournament and you get an extra three hundred grand a year. Um, from the NCAA. Look what St. Peter's is doing right now. The toast toast of the country. Everybody loves St. Peter's. I got it. I got it on my Twitter account right now. Love the Peacocks, right? Yeah. Oh, what could have been if if we were still the Peacocks at Weber State? Have you seen that logo where the Peacocks are flexing? I put it in the, and I put it in our Slack chat. Could have been us. It's fine. I'm fine sticking with the Wildcats, folks. But, right. uh, but yeah, all good things. And I just, I, I just want to say shout out to the big sky conference, shout out to commissioner Tom Mistersoul <laughs> and everybody who is a, a part of this, right? Like if you all remember when, when the commissioner was named, we all had hoped that he would do something right. He had experience with TV rights that maybe he would do something. He's done something and he has continued yes. to make investments, hiring folks on to handle media I mean, everybody has done a really great job. You know, the the ESPN, what, what was it called? Um, Mary Liz Cook's. Yeah, the, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. The Big Sky, the pregame show. Whatever, yeah, the Big Sky the Live. It's Big Sky Courtside. Big Sky Courtside. Great. Great addition. Great addition. Right. Could, I mean, could, there were some rough spots there. You could tell, yes. you know, kind of working out some kinks, but they did it. They totally did it and it enhanced the, the broadcast. You know, we got to talk to various other people from other other teams, other players. It was just really good overall. And so shout out to the Big Sky team because I think they did a great job. So last thing on this, there's a whole Major League Soccer 
10, 15 years ago, realized that they were not going to get coverage on ESPN and on SportsCenter. They weren't going to be there. So they did an interesting thing. And that was they they decided to, to make their production, make whatever it was that a fan could get anything they wanted from, you know, Major League Soccer. Right. And it, and it absolutely paid dividends to where they are getting coverage on on big networks. And to me, that's the road the big sky is going down with having big sky courtside. I mean, it's fun to hear educated takes from other markets, from other guys, from people that feel like that, that know the conference. Like that's, you want that, you want it to feel, you want it to feel as a fan, like it's big time. You want to feel like people care and it's not just you sitting on an Island. Certainly. And, and I think we're getting that because the folks that they chose to do that, the, the, the production overall phenomenal, and they'll continue to do some of that stuff, you know, FCS all in, we haven't, we haven't mentioned that yes. the, during the football season, like, the Big Sky Conference, I think, is leading out in among FCS football media or just and, and especially among mid-majors, like doing a really great job with on the media side. And that all credit goes to the conference. So, guys, let's let's flip the script now and let's talk about lowlights. Um, who wants to go first? <laughs> that gonna, I'll, I'll bite this bullet. I, I, I'm going to because I'm just going to I'm just going to steamroll over the entire month of January. <laughs> that was the low light. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'd say the, the entire month of February. That was February, yeah. whatever, whatever it was, we we lost four out of five games or whatever it was, and and we were all in a in a crappy mood. Um, there, just that stretch of games was just awful, and and you, you didn't have any faith in the team uh, going forward after that. I'm glad they were able to come out of it uh, near the end, but but the low light, you know. Somebody really smart on this podcast said earlier this season never lose to the green teams, mm. and we managed to lose to both of them, right? Mm. And we should never lose to Idaho State, and we, we did. did, right? We didn't lose to Idaho State. I, whatever, I've we, forgotten the season half. And we beat Sac State. Yeah, we lost to Idaho though, and we did lose we, to Portland State in Portland. Not good. Yeah, we lost to the teams that we shouldn't have lost to, and and to me that that was the turd in the punch bowl for the entire season. All right. Yeah, I uh, I think um, I'm surprised you didn't go with it because the the low point that I have for the season is this game that we wouldn't even talk about on the show. Like we all came in and we were like, we don't really want to talk about the second SUU game because it is a terrible game and it is heart wrenching. Um, you know, you have Dick Mata's um, this tribute to him, and then you have the um, the game for the second seed in the conference and you know, Wildcats come up short and it's a team that we knew we could be. And it's a team that we had a lot of fun against at their home stadium. And then they just come over and, you know, we had a good win against them, but I feel like their win against us was even better for them. Um, and it, it hurt that that was a game that hurt. So that was my low point of the season. And I, um, I'm pretty sure there are other people on here who agree with that as well. It's a good crowd that night too. Yep. Yeah, it was Chappie or, Sh or John. Low points? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go high level here again. Low point. Sean kind of hit on it. So, Sean, we're still we're still in stuff back and forth. Uh, was Montana State just getting boat raced in the tournament? I I felt like Montana State was a really good team. I mean, it's <laughs> it's heartbreaking to, to, to think that the, the best the conference has, the only other team in my mind that could even keep pace with Weber athletically was Montana State. And they were no match for anything in the tournament. I, we, 
I'm sorry, Chappie. This is a Weber state centric program. We're not supposed to talk about the Bobcats. <laughs> I, I, I just want to win. I just want to win a game in the tournament. I, I, I absolutely 100% have West coast conference envy going back to the fact that, you know, when we, when we lost to uh, Georgetown in the second round of the NCAA tournament in 1999, uh, no, it was Florida, excuse me, Georgetown in 94. We lost to Florida. You know, they went on to play Gonzaga. Gonzaga beat them, and that was the start of the Zags being the Zags and Weber State not being the Zags. And so I 100% always have envy of what uh, what has happened to that conference. And I'm not expecting – the big sky and to become, I'm not expecting anybody in this conference to become Gonzaga. I don't, that's not going to happen, but God, we got to be able to win games in the tournament. We got to be competitive. We, we, we gotta, we gotta be competitive. And as Weber state, we have to be able to beat in state teams that are, you know, not the UVU and SUU teams. We need to be able to beat the bigger in state teams too. Okay. John King. Uh, the Idaho game was a real tough one. Um, Mine didn't. So especially bad. after so bad. I had spent the whole week before on the podcast clowning Montana for losing to Idaho State for us to then turn around and lose to Idaho, who, I mean, you know, I, I know that I know that Northern Arizona fi- finished below Idaho in the conference conference this year, but I, re- I I really thought that the two Idaho teams were the worst teams in the conference. Um, that was a that, that was a bad loss. Um, it's kind of an inexplicable loss. Um, you know, it really. I, I thought it came. I thought it really came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, I I know it was part of a three game losing streak, but you know, I. You could justify the Montana State loss in the regular season at home because you would say, "Well, we had just played our sixth game in nine days," or uh, which is just a ridiculous scheduling thing, which I've already mentioned on the podcast before. And you know, Eastern Washington, it's tough to go to Cheney. Like I get that one as well, but to go up to Moscow and lose that game—that that was definitely the toughest that was the toughest moment of the season for me and i think it kind of you know it kind of put a cap on a really terrible seven days but but it also it was just a low low point yeah because i mean it's totally a good take john because after losing the iwu game in chini it was like all right that sucks but chini you know Cheney's a tough place to to win sometimes. You know, they, they can be very good up there. That was a very scrappy team. And I was surprised at them in the conference tournament. I thought that they would do much better than they did. Uh, but for I, I think that their youth showed through in those in those moments. So, but losing that game was like, ah, oh, what a bummer. But he was good. And so I, I guess we can accept that. But then, like you said, going over to Moscow and just letting uh, Toronto Anderson and Mikey Dixon shoot the lights out on the Wildcats was just like, come on, man, because the Wildcats didn't lose that game by much. They lost by four points, but it's just pesky, right? But for me, I think that the low point was since you've already talked about the Idaho game, I think that was definitely the lowest point. But after that, the loss at Portland State because there was still hope that, okay, Wildcats are not going to be the number one seed. That's fine. Not going to be the regular season champs. We don't care. It's all about winning the conference tournament anyway. So just, you know, play for seeding. And then you go up to Portland and you lose. <laughs> they just, they just kept dropping big game after big game. I mean, at the turn, at the halfway point of the season, full two game lead in the conference standings, 
and then to finish fourth, like that's, you just kept, you kept thinking, uh, you know, tonight's the night they write the ship and it just wasn't, it was never the night. Well, we said, we said the whole year that if we could just, you know, even if we weren't the number one seed, if we could just be on the opposite side of the bracket of the Montana schools. And then we ended up on the side of the bracket with not one, but both of them. It was just, you know, why, you know, if we could have just won, you know, one more game to get us on the other side and wouldn't have had to play, you know, because it, it was all the, the two teams that scared me the most in the conference the entire year were both Montana schools. And that was, you know, Montana, just because, you know, they seem to have some weird voodoo over the Wildcats, um, especially when we're playing, you know, up there. But, you know, I, I did think that the only, you know, I agree with what Sean said earlier. Like, I thought that, you know, Montana State was really the only true talent level team in the conference this year who was close to what, you know, we had at Weber State. And uh, um, not to mention the Chappie said that. Oh, sorry, Chappie. But that was the that, that, that was the that was the only team that, that was the only team that really because I thought we were a better team than you know than Montana, yeah. but um, you know for whatever reason we just seemed to struggle in those games. But Montana State, I was like, okay, I, I respect that team. They they they're 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 really good, well coached. I want no parts. If I could get the, through the entire Big Sky tournament and not see them, would have been a lot happier. So let's just call a spade a spade, right? This was an up and down season. Um, it was a it was an inconsistent season from a, a team that didn't show a whole lot of consistency throughout. There were high points, there were low points, but in the end, they controlled their own destiny and and lost. Right? You 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 got your advantage. You finished top four. You know, yeah, you had to go against Montana. You boat raced them. That that exercised some demons. That that game against Montana State and Boise. Can I just say, I've been watching college basketball a long time. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. Best games I've ever seen. And yes, the Wildcats went cold in the last five minutes and only needed about four more points to win that game and 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 not struggle like they did down the, the stretch. But but the, the the end of the game, that was two great teams battling it out for a, for a championship because we all know that the winner of that team was going to win the title. And and so that that to me was college basketball the refs really didn't get into it it wasn't a uh uh you couldn't blame one thing or another it was just a great college basketball game and we came out on the on the losing side of it and that that happens but this was an inconsistent season from an inconsistent team love this team there's lots of things i love about this team but the proofs in the pudding and and they came out some nights and played like world beaters they came out some nights like they didn't care and you know, every opportunity that they had to, to seal the deal for their own advantage, they failed and, and they didn't, they didn't accomplish what they needed to accomplish. And I'm not trying to burn the whole team down again. I lots of guys on this team. I really like, but, but it just, for whatever reason, couldn't put it together. And, and I'm not going to make an excuse here, but the big sky is a tough league. The big sky was a crazy league. Montana state won the league this year and they had what four losses. Mm-hmm. In Big Sky play, yep. that's a tough league, everybody. You, you you can't say anything about that. And the fact that the Idaho went up and beat two of the top four seeds in the regular season when they were the bottom dweller, that tells you everything you need to know about how hard it is to win in the Big Sky. And let's be grateful that we finished top four. 
Well, and I think that that was a question I was going to have for you guys here is that do you feel that the floor has been raised in the Big Sky Conference? I don't want to disagree with Sean, but no. No. (laughs) I mean, it's more balanced, you know, it's more balanced. I, but. I, I don't, I, I still, I still see Weber state as being, I mean, I, I think the shine is kind of off of us, you know, for a, for a, for a long time there. I think we, we were us in Montana. We're kind of the invincibles at the top of the conference. I think we've both fallen a little bit in that regard. I mean, the, the conference has definitely brought in good coaches. Sprinkle's a great coach. Like he's a phenomenal coach. Um, SU's coach that I can't seem to remember his name right That's now. Right. Yeah, Todd Simon. Todd Simon is a, is a great basketball coach. So, I don't know, maybe the conference – I mean, the conference is definitely more balanced. There's more teams that care, but uh, Weber should still be dominating. Maybe I have unrealistic expectations, but we should – I, I think better. that's where it's at, Chappie, is, is unrealistic expectations. I, there's a lot of Weber State fans that think if we don't win the conference tournament, if we don't win the regular season title, it's been a bad year. Things mm-hmm. are cyclical, Right. Um, I'll have to go back and read what I wrote a year ago about this, but, but only this season are we getting to where we're not hitting our, our traditional, uh, number of NCAA tournament trips. Weber state has been up and down. Yes. We've won 26 conference titles, but gosh, that's not meaning you're winning them every year. Yeah. We, I mean, the seat got a little, it was starting to get a little warm under Randy a couple of years ago, right? Like there were two, two, what, 2019 season, you know, and the 2018, 19 weren't very friendly, as friendly. The, Weber I State. the 2020 season, the 19, 2020. Season. Thank you. There you go. Because the, the 19 19 season, season, I mean, yeah. chair carding's so, junior year, things are happening. Right. Like I went to that and, conference tournament. We won in the in the second round. You played the the Grizz in the, in the semifinals and lost. Yeah, you got blown out. I was at that game. We were down by like forty, but like you know, but twenty yeah. tw- uh, nineteen into twenty because the Wildcats had lost before the pandemic hit. That was that's a rough right year. Well, and 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 credit like I will. It, the seat started to get a little hot under Randy. I will credit Randy because he changed. He he made he changed things up. You know, we went to the portal, got guys and. Isaiah Brown was a phenomenal get. Kobe McEwen, phenomenal get. Like those, mm-hmm. like we absolutely brought in talent. And that is a luxury I think we are afforded by good, consistent coaching and having an NBA 75 player <laughs> sitting in the league still. I think that bodes well for us. But yeah, I don't know. I, we, the results, Randy changed things, but the results are still not ex, you know exponentially better. So that's, uh, to me, that's a disappointing thing. Hmm. So guys, the last question I want to say, and then let's move on to awards here is we talked about the up and down nature of the season. Um, but we also talked about the fact that the Wildcats were able to beat the Grizz in the second round, find their way to the semifinals and lose to the eventual conference champion, Montana state Bobcats by just three points in a just knockdown drag out classic of a ball game. I don't think that Montana State was that much better than we were. I think that the one thing that they had was Raekwon Battle. We just didn't have that. I think that's the only difference between them and us. I think that in some ways we were more talented than they were. Like I would say Bello and Bassett are on the same level. I would say that Kobe McEwen is a better player than Xavier Bishop. Um, but I think that 
Zaire Porter was playing hurt this year and he wasn't able to have that same explosiveness the way that Raekwon Battle did down the stretch for them over in Bozeman. And so do you feel that the team exercised some demons by beating the Grizz uh, and it was just a missed opportunity? Like, do you feel that there was progress made this year or do you feel that no ring means no progress? Um, the, there's a bit of both in this for me. Um, I think we talked about this with, you know, I, Isaiah Brown last season was that we kind of felt like this team was just going to get forgotten because we didn't win the conference championship. Um, and I think like that's, that's one thing that we kind of fear with this team. And it's not a team that I really want to forget or anything like that, because I think we, this was a good team. Yeah. Um, but like one of the things is with it, um, I think, I think there is that expectation that we have to win that, that championship. Um, and I think coming into it, you have that hot start to the season and you have those winning streaks. Um, you just want that delivery right there. And so it's hard when you're not able to get to that ring and get, and be able to go on to play in the big dance. Um, so that's kind of how I felt about it. It's just, I think, I think we needed that, that postseason play right there. Other thoughts on um, ring or bust in the conference tournament? Or well, I think that, I think I think there was some progress that was made, in, in, in some aspects, like I think I think the growth that Dylan Jones had over the course of the year, I think that that's going to be something that is, you know, tremendously important to the Wildcats moving forward because he's a truly unique player. I mean, you know, I've said it before on the podcast that you know he's a player that a lot of teams around the country they're searching for someone like him, and we've got him. Um, but as far as, you know, other, you know, other growth points, I mean, you know, the, the, the negative aspect of, uh, you know, the, the, the negative aspect of the transfer portal situation that we're, we're living in right now is that, you know, our roster is going to be in kind of, you know, constant transition, it seems like. I mean, and that's, you know, that's just kind of the way the college basketball is going, but, you know. Kobe McEwen not coming back next year, you know, Dante Bassett not coming back next year. And so, and those are huge, huge contributors. And yeah, it'll be, um, uh, you know, I, I said, I said this time last year, you know, it's going to be really hard to, uh, replace Isaiah Brown. Well, I think we ended up going out and get someone who was better. I, th I think that Kobe McEwen is, you know, ended up being a better player, but now it's going to be, okay, well now we got to go replace Kobe McEwen. We got to replace Dante Bassett, you know, we still got a good, we still got a great, you know, a great piece in Dylan Jones. Um, uh, so there is some, there is some foundation there. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes I wish that those guys had, you know, could come back and play one more, you know? Um, and so that's, but that's not, that's just not the realistic world that we're living in, unfortunately. So my, my, my thoughts on this, John, are, are very, very simple. Um, and I think Danny Sprinkle said it best in his uh, comments after beating Weber State. And that is that senior laden teams win. And when you get teams that have played together for two or three years and have that continuity and that, that uh, uh, togetherness as a team, they learn to lose together. They learn to win together. And, and it's those senior laden teams in the big sky that seem to do better um, and, and seem to go further, right? Weber state, despite the fact that we had four seniors honored this year, um, I think was the number at senior night. 
Tech three of those guys. Technically, yes, yeah, uh, with Donatus Kupsis not coming back. Yeah, but but three of those guys only played one year or two with the Wildcats. They weren't here for as a freshman. They weren't recruited as a freshman. Now the world of college basketball has changed with the transfer portal and everything that goes into that. But but the fact of the matter is, is we have not had a senior laden team in a long time at Weber State for whatever reason. We have not had a team that had four seniors that played together as from freshman on up and and earned those victories. Yeah, I would say maybe the closest that we had come to that would be maybe the 2019 team where you had Jarek Harding, you had Cody John, you had Bracott Chapman, who did transfer in later, but had played, you mm-hmm. know, a season previous. And then you had Zach Braxton. You know, I'd say that maybe that's as close as the Wildcats got. Yeah, I would to say that, that too. senior laden team that you're talking about. Yeah. And, I, and I'm with Sean. I mean, I, it does matter, you know, and it is exciting for the, for the future. I mean, this is Dylan Jones's team going forward. You know, like he's, it's, it's, it's his group. And I mean, we just got to watch an absolutely exceptional young man play two seasons here. And, and it, it's, he's, he's just finishing his freshman year. Like he's look, look, he's just, so I got three more years with that guy, you know, D- Dylan Jones playing in the big sky tournament was a revelation for a lot of fans. Yes. Um, he, it was his coming out party as far as being a dominant force in the big sky. Um, he's, I, I'm going to mark my plant, my flag right here. Dylan Jones is big sky MVP before he leaves. Weaver state. Dylan, Dylan Jones is Dylan Jones will be the third Wildcat drafted in the last 10 or so years before all is said and done, in my opinion. That's that's the potential there. All right. Well, I, I think that it's telling that, you know, when the Wildcats did beat the Grizz, Dylan Jones was the one putting the sticker on the big board to say Wildcats are moving on. Right. I think that says a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And he came up big in that game. And it's good to see that growth. Like John King mentioned that he took a big step. Coach Ray mentioned that in his comments after the after the game that Dylan had gone home to South Carolina for just like a week or two and then was back in Ogden and was working on it. Right. And and not only did he just work on his own game, he helped develop some other players, too. He worked with Darren Hickok and he worked with Jaden Matthews over on the in the women's program. And those were two of the best players in the Big Sky Conference this year. With Huck being an all-conference team, our member at the second team, and then Jade Matthews being the number two rebounder in the country. So, lots to talk about there. I'm excited. I am excited for the future, though. Sigu, I don't. I feel like Sigu took a half step back this year. We haven't said anything about Sigu, have we? Sigu's a great player. Like Sigu's gonna gonna be at the forefront of this team, running things up top for a long time. Alex, too. He's he's raw. Like don't he is. That is that is as that is as raw a player as Weber State has had since Joe Ballenboy. You know, watching Joel as a freshman is a little, bit like, little bit like watching Alex. But but the athleticism's there. He he just much like Joel didn't didn't grow up playing basketball. <laughs> so we'll see. So there are some pieces I'm excited for. And you know, shout out Joel Ballenboy, the 2016 conference MVP. All right, guys, let's talk about let's talk um award season. What we're going to do here is we're going to do the snake draft style. I am going to shout out an award and somebody can raise their hand. Maybe I'll just assign it to somebody and say, you, who is your, this award? I've got five of them here, right? One, two, three, four, five. Yes, I do. So I've got one for everybody. So let's start with most improved player of the year. 
And I, I think I'm going to go with John King to start this one. John, who do you think was the most improved player on the roster this season? Uh, I, th- I think it was Dylan Jones. Um, I think that he went from someone who was a you know nice piece to have on a roster to someone who could be a conference player of the year level um, uh, level player. And um, I think that we all had high hopes for Dylan, you know, going into the season, but I don't think any of us, you know, had this high of hopes for what he could be um, moving forward. And he, it's just going to be something this off season, you know, that's really important that uh, he will be the best player on the team next year. Um, that, you know, we go out and find pieces in the transfer portal that complement his game and make sure that we're going to get the best out of him because he's a unique player. Um, uh, and he, he has the talent to be a, you know, conference player of the year in the big sky. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think that seeing Jabril Bello win MVP, if Dylan Jones had averaged maybe three more points a game, he has better numbers than Bellow, save blocks. It's the only place where he's not comparable, right? Um, he's got better numbers than Bellow in basically every category. Um, okay, I want to look at the bench production was not great this season, but I want to get the sixth man award. And I think that there's really two candidates that we can be talking about here. But um, Simon, I'm going to give this one to you, man. Who do you think is the Wildcats sixth man of the year this year? Um, you know, I have a, I have a take on this one. I love our breakout freshman Alex too. Yeah. Um, I think he is a tough player and we kind of alluded to it on the show. This is a guy who is kind of a rebirth of Joel Bowling boy. Um, he's tough. He's aggressive. And it was one of those things where the Wildcats had a hard time filling in that role to, um, at the start of in conference play, everything like that. And before Christmas break, you know, we had Cody Carlson kind of in and out of it. Dante Bassett was injured and Alex do had to step up as a freshman and he did. And I think we saw constant improvement through the entire year. And, um, that, that's who I have as my, um, sixth man of the year. And I think, you know, we're going to see even better numbers from him when he's a starter and he will be a starter and it'll be incredible. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, I think in my view, it was either Alex or it was going to be Zaire Porter, I think mm-hmm. Zaire played through an injury. He just never seemed right after that BYU game. Um, yeah. And so I think that he's probably going to be much improved next season. But yeah, Alex Chu, shout out. I mean, came up big in a lot of it, you know, learned a lot, I think, this season. And he talked about that uh, when we interviewed him just a few weeks ago. But yeah, definitely a good one. Alex Chu, six man of the player of the year, six man of the year. So now defensive player of the year. Um, Chappie, I'm going to give this one to you. Who do you think is the, is the sixth or the defensive player of the year for the Wildcats? One on one, it was Kobe McCune. Kobe was was taking the other team's best player and uh, you know regularly making them you know manning them up, and not only that, just his attitude defensively, uh, I think fueled the other players on the team being rising up their game and being better defensively. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm going to say Kobe. Okay. I think that this one could, this one was a little bit tougher. Could have gone a few ways. Could have been Kobe McEwen. Could have been JJ Overton who played hard all season. Yeah, he did. He found himself in foul trouble a few times because of how hard he was playing defense. But uh, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to knock him for that. He was really trying. The other one I was going to mention is a dark horse candidate for this award. Dylan Jones. A lot of steals. Yes. Dylan had very active hands this season. 
getting in those 59 steals on the season. Kobe had 45. Uh, JJ Overton also had 45. This team knew how to get to the ball. Yes, they did. Creating turnovers was a hallmark of this team. Uh, And then uh, this one's going to be yours, Sean Lewis. Most valuable player. Who was it this season? This is a tough one for me. Um, I think the star is Kobe McEwen and, and by all accounts led the team in scoring led the team in so many different categories, you know, defensive prowess. Um, But to me, um, most valuable player is the guy that hustles more and the team would be lost without him. And that to me is do it all DJ Dylan Dylan Jones. Yeah. And, 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 I we could argue about this all night about stats and what whatnot, but Dylan Jones was the heart of this team and and was very much uh so active, so many hustle plays, so many steals, like we talked about. He led the team in steals, uh several times led the team in scoring uh in games. I just you just knew that that guy laid out everything and lays out everything for this team. And I love me a player like that. So he's my MVP because I don't think that Weber state has the season they have. They don't even finish fourth. If they don't have do it all DJ. Yep. He is do it all DJ for a reason. All right, guys, bonus question. We're going to go around the horn here. Favorite player of the season, Sean, favorite player. Oh, do it all DJ. That, that, that I've just sung his praises. I can't go off that. Dylan Jones, Simon, what about you? JJ Overton is the best person to have in a press conference. He is so chill. But like, I love his athletic ability. He's one of my favorite players to watch. So JJ Overton's my guy. JJ Overton, John King, uh, Kobe McEwen. I, I just really enjoyed watching him play on both ends of the floor this year. Um, uh, he's someone I'm going to miss watching play tremendously. Yeah, Chappie, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to jump outside. I love watching JJ Overton was lightning fast on the break. I cannot believe how lightning fast that dude is getting down the court. And I absolutely loved watching that. And his hops. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was athletic as all get out. Yeah. I think on this one, I'm going to agree with John King that uh, I think I enjoyed watching Kobe McEwen the most, you know, knowing that he was just going to be here for one season. Um, the kind of player that he was interviewing him was great veteran presence, right? He was just, there were so many things about him that were just so fundamental to this team. Um, and you knew that he was going to go out there and he, he wanted to win. He wanted to win bad. And uh, there were quite a few games where he did everything he possibly could to make sure that the Wildcats win. So that's mine. All right, fellas, um, no upcoming games uh, because season's off, season's over. Uh, Wildcats did not accept a postseason bid, which was kind of weird. I kind of hoped they would. It seems like they would be in a position to this year, but they did not. So um, we get to watch the conference post about Northern Colorado and SUU for, I guess, a few more days or whatever. Uh, Nobody watches those minor conference tournaments. It's all about the NCAAs. And Chappie missed out on Friday. I had three white TVs going. And and he had an invite and didn't show up. So let's just... True. I saw that post. That that, that was good times. My fault. um, Hey, so long to the birds, by the way. Do we we have like a a ceremonial sayonara or something that just... (laughs) See ah, the I, I believe it's called Traders. a TK salute. Traders. Traders. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We, we tell them we're number one. I'm not allowed to make that gesture, but somebody else is. Good luck to the T-Birds watching Dixie pass them by as an athletic institution faster than they know what to do with. Traders. Traders. 
Yes. Yeah. Don't yes, be yes, racist, Chappie. Yes. Utah Tech. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I uh, I'm gonna miss the birds, guys. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna miss uh, miss playing them hoops. You know, I think the last few years things really picked up. Um, I, I can't remember who made this. It might have been Tony Parks. It might have been Brett Hine. I can't remember, but they noted that I think it was Brett actually on Twitter noting that up until the last two or three seasons, the Wildcats dominated the birds. And then for the for the last three seasons, we split each of each of the season series. It's tough, Simon. Yeah. And so, you know, good. I mean, we've talked about how good of a coach he was, but uh I'm also gonna miss the birds in football. I hope that the Beehive Bowl finds a way to continue. Um, I think it'll be a good non-conference game for the Wildcats. And we gotta come up with some kind of trophy, folks. If the Beehive Bowl is gonna continue, it needs a trophy. Something. How about a beehive. Okay. Whatever it takes. <laughs> let's get it made and let's make sure the teams exchange it. Is it an I-15? Is that like a trophy, an I-15 labeled trophy, something like that, a freeway sign? Anyway. But um, we'll wrap up the show, guys. You know where to find us. We at weekly gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We've got the Patreon and then uh, the blog where I need to finally move over all that content that's been up on Patreon for the last month. Uh, a lot of good stuff up there um, to we can make available to the public now. Uh, appreciate all you guys for sticking around and doing men's basketball this season. It's been a real treat. Uh, looking forward to spring ball, which is happening right now. Uh, they'll be playing 16th. Is it April 16th? Is that when uh, the, the spring game is going to be? I believe yeah. it is. Yeah. So uh, we'll be looking forward to getting some football interviews after that. Um, trying to get Coach Mickey Mental on. So we'll be putting that request in next month. Look forward to that. Hey, Colby, if I give a, uh, a a very quick shout out to you on behalf of the rest of us, uh, as we obviously there, there's more sports to continue on, you know, but uh, as, as we come to the conclusion of season two of Weber State Weekly, it's uh, it's been a fun endeavor and you have done an absolutely phenomenal job of of keeping this train rolling. Well, appreciate it. Like all you guys, like I said, I mean, I've only done one solo show this entire season and I want to tell you what, it was not easy. So you guys make it all worthwhile. Appreciate all you guys for showing up doing these because I couldn't do it alone, <laughs> but, um, all right, guys, we'll wrap it up. Like we usually do. Weaver state, Weaver state. Great. 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 <laughs> John, you can say it. Go out, cats. Go out. Oh, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.